Welcome to the Practically Speaking Mom podcast, the place for an intentional mom to build a strong family. This week's episode is the last of a three-part series on time-saving strategies for busy households. Today, Val gives lots of practical examples of systems and how to implement them effectively. She also shares why good systems are so important in a family. In episode one of this podcast, I talked about that there's four main hats that a mom needs to wear. And one of those is the master gardener, where you are recognizing that your kids' hearts and souls require tending to build their character and to help them to become the people that God really created them to be and helping to pour into them the things that matter most. And we don't have time to do that if we have total chaos and out of control and overwhelmed all the time. Something else that we can't do when we feel overwhelmed and and full of chaos all the time is we don't recognize the God moments in our child's day. Those moments where you go, oh, God is definitely at work here. Let's join her again for part three of time-saving strategies for busy households. Okay, this next section of time-saving strategies for the busy household, we're going to be looking at uh, saving time by creating systems, even systems over the smallest of things. For example, when I when we get home from co-op on Tuesdays, it's our longest co-op day, and I just have two girls still in school, 10th grader and 5th grader. Um, the rest of them, I've graduated five. So when we get home, each of them have two bags. One is a computer with um, the computer-related classes, and then one is different school books and lunch bag as well. So anyway, they know that I have a little system that they're to do when they come in the house with all of their stuff. And that system includes getting those bags ready for the next time. Now, of course, we're going to use all of those books all week long until we go to that co-op again. Plus we have multiple co-ops. So I actually have them empty their bag when they get home. So they empty their bags and each thing goes in different places. Uh, Of course, their shoes also, even just as a little thing as shoes getting, uh, when, when I had littles, all littles, I had a basket, a cute basket by the front door and all of their shoes went in that basket. It ended up saving us so much time. Yes, it was a big pile of shoes, but all the shoes were in one place. And so that was so helpful. Of course, they got bigger and and you couldn't manage having all of shoes at one place. So now um, we have a container for shoes in our entryway closet. They're each allowed to have a pair of flip-flops and a different pair of you know tennis shoes or whatever stuff that they want to be able to grab quickly to get out of the house that works for all different kinds of scenarios. So as we get home from that co-op, everything gets unloaded. Their lunch bag, you don't want to end up opening your lunch bag days later and there's a banana peel in there. Everything gets emptied out right away. It's these little kinds of systems that really reduces the chaos in life in general. And those kids are capable of doing those things for themselves. But implementing the system is going to take working out some of the kinks and taking the time to really getting it a habit in them before you can reduce how much you follow up with it. 
There needs to be quite a bit of follow-up until they're in good habits and then follow-up still needs to happen, but it can be reduced after that. So lots of praising for what you want repeated and some consequences as necessary. But for the most part, you can achieve these kind of things without having to have consequences if you keep a high standard in your follow-up. Okay, so let's talk about some different systems that you could implement uh, besides the examples that I just gave there. These systems uh, increase simplicity and they also increase self-discipline in our kids. Okay, the first one that I want to mention is... I don't know if there's any more critical thing that I could bring up with you guys, okay? And that is an internet usage agreement. Man, oh yes, the internet has lots of wonderful things at our fingertips. It's great until it's terrible. And there's way too many moms and dads who are living with the heartache of internet problems that arose in their kids' lives, and maybe it completely took their child away from them for various reasons. Um, There's so many different examples, and you guys know that. I would encourage you to be a part of the Facebook group, Parenting in a Tech World. That Facebook group will keep you aware of all the crud that is out there, and it, it just will help you be more vigilant. It is not a pleasant group to be a part of, Um, because it is not pleasant to think about all that stuff. But guys, we would never let our home get filled with a bunch of strangers with, with ill intent against our children. And we certainly don't want to set them loose in their bedroom with countless of people like that. Okay. I'm also not one that believes that I know there's a lot of parents that feel like, well, I can trust my child. They are a good kid. You're right. They probably are. You're probably 100% right that they're a good kid. But that doesn't mean the internet is safe for them. Yes, we want to equip them for in life without us. Yes, they're going to be an adult someday. And they're going to have to be able to to have restraint and self-control and things like that. They're not an adult today. And they are not ready to hold such a dangerous thing unsupervised and uncontrolled in their hands, in all settings, in the bathroom, in the bedroom, you know, just unlimited access to danger and crud. An internet usage agreement, I just feel like is so important, coupled with a filtering system. So an internet usage agreement is available on my website, and you can get it there. There'll be a link to it in the show notes. And maybe you don't like mine, and that's fine. You could just use it as a springboard for helping you come up with what you want your internet agreement to be at your house. I don't have 50 agreements that my kids sign. I have just an internet usage agreement because I happen to feel like this is the most dangerous thing in my kids' lives because it comes against them spiritually. And what do I mean by that? I mean that the enemy of our souls desires to devour your child's everything, your child's happiness and health and, and, and spiritual development, um, their relationship with God, who God is and who they believe themselves to be. The internet is just full of things that war against what makes your child healthy. Not to mention that screen time alone is unhelpful for your child's development. So is there wonderful stuff? Yes. Do I let my kids use the internet? Yes, I do. But I also treat this with the importance that it needs. And 
yeah, it can be sometimes it feels like a part-time job paying attention to the technology in our home. But if I'm not willing to do that part-time job, I need to throw out all my technology, quite honestly. I would rather they live like it's 1950 than to be bombarded 24-7 with all of that junk that is out there to destroy their self-respect through bullying, through, I mean, I just don't even want to discuss all of the things. Join Parenting in a Tech World and, and let them tell you. But with my internet usage agreement, what we do at our house is they sign it and then we keep accountability about it. So my husband checks in with my son and I check in with my daughters on how each of these things are going in there. And then also we also have filtering. But as their responsibility grows, their freedoms grow. So the internet usage agreement can change over time as it should based on their uh, responsibility with it, right? So even as adults, my husband and I have internet agreements between the two of us. I don't mean a written one that we sign, but we both agree on what we will and will not look at. And we also hold each other accountable to that. And we also use filtering. So these are the things that we're doing as adults to protect our own minds and hearts and our relationship. So it also can be used with our kids, right? So an internet usage agreement saves, how does that, why am I talking about that in a time saving strategies podcast? It's because it saves us so much time in multiple ways. One way, I don't have to wrestle with myself about what my rules are going to be today uh, with the kids regarding internet. Otherwise, if I didn't have a clear plan for internet usage in our home, then on days when I was tired or sick or overwhelmed, then I would be very tempted to be very lax on those rules. And that's when, when things, you know, end up happening is when we're distracted as parents. So having an internet agreement, like I said, this is the only thing that I have my kids sign and agree to because I feel like it's that important with one exception. Our youngest who turned 10 a couple of days ago, but she was nine at the time, went to church camp and I did have an overnight camp agreement that I had her sign of things that I could count on her to stay away from or to do while she was at camp. It was a, a clear cut way. You know, I don't know about you growing up, but there were some things that I do believe I wouldn't have done if the line had been very clearly drawn in the sand uh, from my parents. And if I knew there was going to be follow up questions afterwards when I got home, my parents were loving and strict, but that doesn't mean that all boundaries were discussed. And so there were some boundaries that I pushed that I don't think I would have if it would have been clearly discussed with me. And then if I knew that we were going to have questions about it later. So I did make a church camp one, but I mean, it's not about that it was church, but just about it being camp. So that's my two agreements <laughs> that, that I've had with the kids. Clearly, I feel like internet usage is something that is a very big deal that needs that. Okay, you can look at that on my website. Some other things, though, that you can have systems for that save you time from just worrying within your own self of what are my limits going to be today? What am I, what are my standards going to be today? Inconsistency in standards around your home, it reduces your value of your words. And it also makes kids fluctuate in what, uh, in what, how they handle things, right? So let me just be more clear. Sorry. 
dirty dishes. Let's just take that. Do you have a clear system with your kids that they know what to do with silverware and what they, what to do with the glass and what to do with the bowl and all of these things when they're done with a dish? What is your system at your house? Is Are all of the monkeys on your back as mom? Like, do they leave it on the table and you take it over and deal with it? Or how much of the monkey is on you? Like, maybe they carry it over by the sink and then it becomes your job? Or do they put the silverware in the silverware thing and the dishwasher and and they put the bowl in the bowl spot in the dishwasher and make sure that there's nothing, you know, no big pieces on it. Have you done training for these different things? It takes extra time to train in on how to put a bowl in the dishwasher in a way that it's going to get clean and and isn't crazy, you know, so that you can't fit very many things in there and all that kind of stuff. So it takes time to train on a task, but when you have trained and followed up with them, then it reduces both your responsibilities and therefore you're less overwhelmed and and your kids are more responsible and think about what a better spouse they're going to be because they have been helping with these things. So those are a couple examples. Another example is laundry. I start at a pretty young age, not all of the steps of laundry, but some steps of laundry little people can do, right? And so just gradually giving them more and more of the steps of laundry until by about age, you know, eight to nine, maybe as old as 10, just depends on the child's ability level, doing their, all of their laundry by that age. Now, does that take a lot of time and training for me in the beginning? Absolutely. Yes. But I'm doing this partly for their future to give them a life where they are self-disciplined Um, and where they are willing to tackle difficulties. The whole household runs more smoothly when you are gradually giving these different responsibilities of the kids to them. But it's very important as you do this to only implement one new system at a time. You're going to overwhelm yourself and them if you start feeling like you need to introduce all of these systems at once. Instead, look at your family's life. What is causing the most trouble and tackle things there first. And maybe you can only implement one little aspect of a fix in that area, but, you know, pick out the first step to take that everybody can start doing this, right? So let's look at a couple more. Maybe if you are a homeschool family, school record keeping that now by the time, I mean, I introduce it pretty young that they are helping in the process of school record keeping. But certainly by fifth grade, they are keeping their records. Now, remember, I'm having a high standard and I'm following up with every aspect of that, of course, because record keeping is very important. If you would like to know my systems for that, there is something on my website called Simple Systems for Success. And it's all about um, school record keeping and some other things to bring simplicity and systems specifically related to homeschooling. Okay, preparing the night before for your busy days the next day. You know, what are the systems that you have that you have in place? Maybe the kids like to watch one 20-minute show before they go to bed at night, let's say. Well, what things do you expect to be done 
You're not going to let them do that until they have gotten these certain things done ready for the next day. For example, I want to see their outfit that they're going to wear. And of course, by the time they're in high school, I'm not asking them about their outfit unless unless they're a kid who's pushing the boundaries on modesty or something. But so, but younger kids, I want to see their outfit, especially in middle school. Their standards can be a little bit not awesome when it comes to it's wrinkled or smelly or whatever. Uh, so I want to see their outfit and do they have their shoes with it? And do they have their lunch made? And, you know, all of these things the night before a Sunday morning, Sunday mornings can be busy. And if we want to reduce the stress, chaos, and increase peace on a Sunday morning, then what can we, what kind of systems can we make to help them to play a role in the smooth running of the household. And then a chore chart can also help with that, of course, which I, especially when the kids were, when I had many kids at home, a chore chart was essential. And I usually would change it every semester just to refresh everybody's excitement about chores a little bit. You know, I needed to uh, review things and move the chores down the line to younger kids and younger kids so that the older ones felt like they were graduating to new things. And I did frame it in that way. I think you're, you have done great at that. You've been very responsible at that. You are ready to pass the baton of that chore to this one. And now you are earning this new rank of of this of this new item I don't know why I said rank I don't treat things like a military um but anyway just giving them a mindset of well done good job you have been faithful and responsible with this and you are ready for the next level um and we're ready to pass that one on to some other kids let's move on then um meals household and education those are three really big elements of your life as a mom and how to keep track of them all. Well, I have this system that is three different books, just little cute books that I use for that. And I think I'm going to make a whole podcast about that. But in the meantime, uh, I do have a blog post about my system with these three little books that help me keep life in order. I call them my brain books because I don't know about you, but my brain gets way too full to rely on all these different things. Like someone will share a really good website for for this. And I'll be like, ooh, that's awesome. I'm so glad to know about that. Now, how am I going to remember? And so I it would go into my education notebook, which I put everything on little sticky notes so that I can create new categories and move the sticky notes. Uh, you could look for my um, blog post on that. I will try to put that in the show notes the address for that particular blog post, but that is, that has been a system that has really helped in our family as well, helped me to reduce chaos, be able to find things and just feel like my brain is not out of control. Something else that helps with systems for success that I'm also just only mentioning to you today and got not going into detail because I'm having a separate podcast about this, but it is raising a Luke 252 child And in this podcast, when we do Raising a Luke 252 Child, so just look for that, you will see just a very, very simple system that I go through about twice a year with each of my kids to evaluate them in four areas of their life 
and how to set a goal. This is a parent goal, not a kid goal. Sometimes I would share my goals with them on this, but most of the time I would not. It was something that I would pray about and, and, um, keep in front of me, but not necessarily keep in front of them about my child. So you can keep your eye out for the podcast called Raising a Luke 252 Kid, because it's a big part of the systems that I use at my house, which is why I wanted to mention it to you. Also, homeschool moms, there's something in that same simple systems for homeschool success. There's another section in that that is a main part of my systems, and that is a records binder or a flash drive for records. And so in that packet that you can get off my website, it will tell you how to keep a records binder or a records flash drive. A few more things that that packet goes over is simplifying subjects. How can I take different subjects that the kids are doing and combine kids at different ages and maybe even combine subjects? Like I like to combine history, writing, and literature together. It's a great combination for digging deeper in an exciting way. Um, And I can do this with multiple age kids and it only adds to the enjoyment for all of us, but there is a way to do it where the older kids have more and the younger kids have less, but they're all learning and bonding from doing it together. So that's in my systems for success packet. And uh, I also go through on their list to make before making a schedule. There's some decisions you should make before you make your semester schedule. So that is also in that packet and how to set your priorities because your priorities are going to impact how you want your schedule to look. Another thing in the packet is how to set up sample schedules, including for all different ages, even littles, how to set up their schedule. Now, of course, my book, When Littles Are Loud, Maximizing the Moments Without Drowning in Chaos, this middle part of the book is about setting up a schedule for your child to help them to become more independent and to get some some educational juices flowing in their minds. Um, developing their skills in various areas, but doing it all in a way that will increase their contentment and help you feel freed up to get some other things done. So if you have littles and you would like help specifically with getting a schedule under control with them, then you're going to want to look at my book, When Littles Are Loud, Maximizing the Moments Without Drowning in Chaos. And I do have some blog posts on that as well to get you started. In the systems for success for homeschoolers packet, you will also find different sample schedules and record keeping and things like that. Um, And also moms, I want to share one more thing with you for simple systems for a busy household. And that is look for a blog post that I have called save your sanity, the one hour a week, quick freezer plan. It has been a method that I used for many years Uh, Now that mine are mostly grown, it definitely changes the way that that I need to do that kind of thing. But I know this at the end was just a lot of different systems that can, can help you at your house, but I want to really equip you with things and not just fill a podcast. So yes, I'm referring you to some other resources, but it is because I just really want to equip you with a home that can have more peace, less chaos, and where you can truly, you know, going back to what I said at the beginning of this podcast 
in episode one of this podcast, I talked about that there's four main hats that a mom needs to wear. And one of those is the master gardener, where you are recognizing that your kids' hearts and souls require tending to build their character and to help them to become the people that God really created them to be. It takes some protecting of their time and helping to pour into them the things that matter most. And we don't have time to do that if we have total chaos and out of control and overwhelmed all the time. Something else that we can't do when we feel overwhelmed and and full of chaos all the time is we don't recognize the God moments in our child's day. Those moments where you go, oh, God is definitely at work here. Maybe it's a butterfly has landed on the, the window and you've got a child right there, a little one, and you want to show the butterfly to the child and be like, look what God made. This is so exciting. Or it can be something bigger, like maybe one of them is going through a difficult thing and you want to slow down and pray with them over that and let them know that the God of the universe is also personal and loves them specifically and directly. And he, he wants to be in connection with us. And he, you know, he's a gentleman. He does not force himself on any of us. And so we want to teach our kids to invite him and his power and his work, invite him into our lives. And so that requires slowing down a little bit and taking the time to tend to their heart and souls. And that just can't happen as well when everything is chaos. So that is why I've got these systems for you. Maybe they aren't ideal for your household, but maybe they will bring some ideas for you that you can tweak and make them fit your home better. And I just want you to know, moms, I know that this journey is a difficult one and overwhelming. I still feel overwhelmed many times in a week, but I want you to know that you're not alone in this. And I just want to walk this journey along with you. And I am praying for you. I'm praying for all my listeners this week and for your families that God would just show you in special ways that he loves you and he is there with you and for you. And I hope you have a great week as you implement, you know, just try one. Don't try all these just one at a time. Try a new system to see if it can bring a little more peace to your home. And blessings to you, my intentional mom friends. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Practically Speaking Mom, the podcast for an intentional mom to build a strong family. You can find lots more from me, my blog, books, the six rooms of the intentional mom's home at my website, practicallyspeakingmom.com. If you found this podcast to be helpful, I would be so honored if you would share it with other people, subscribe to the podcast, follow my blog and join in the Practically Speaking Moms online community through Instagram and Facebook. And we also have a wonderful private Facebook group, a place where I get to interact with you more personally, where you can share your ideas and you can give your feedback about the podcast. You can ask me personal questions about it and we can just interact on all different kinds of levels. There's so many wonderful intentional moms in this group and I would love for you to be one of them. The name of that private Facebook group is Intentional Mom Strong Family. So I hope you'll join that today and let me get to know you. If you think other moms would benefit from this podcast, 
would you please take a few minutes to leave a review on iTunes so that iTunes will recommend this podcast to moms when they search. I'm looking forward to spending time with you again next week right here on the Practically Speaking Mom podcast, the place for an intentional mom to build a strong family. See you soon.